How's it going, guys? Welcome to the Highlight Reel. I'm Jacqueline. I'm Allison. And in honor of Turkey Week, aka Thanksgiving, for all of our American listeners, we've got a bit of a festive movie for you guys this week. But as always, of course, we're going to kick it off with our question of the week, which is, what is your favorite 80s movie? Now, there are so many great movies in this decade that I think we're going to do top three. Is that correct? Yeah. We we were talking <laughs> about it right before recording. We were like, oh, oh man, like, the 80s is so great. It's so hard to just pick one. Definitely. Um, I feel like I always kind of thought to myself, if I could have grown up in any decade, it would have been the 80s because... To grow up with all of those movies, like when you're a teenager, I think would have been so fun because John Hughes was huge in... Ha! Hughes was huge. <laughs> anyway, he was huge in the 80s, and he, he's one of my all-time favorite uh, director, writer, filmmakers. And so for my first favorite 80s movie, I have to go with Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which I think, I honestly think I mentioned in... in our first episode. I'm pretty in our sure first episode as well. But that's yeah, honestly like a Jacqueline classic. <laughs> it really is. It's like one of my go-tos whenever people ask, like, you know, what's one of your favorite movies? Uh, it's definitely my go-to feel-good movie. I just never mm-hmm. get sick of that movie. Um, so that's definitely that's definitely one of mine. How about you say one, and then we'll, we'll go back and forth. Okay, sounds good. Uh, I think... I took my top three from Letterboxd, and I mean, it's definitely a ranking I agree with, unlike uh, Inside Out in our last episode. Yeah, Um, yeah. This is a rating I still do agree with. Uh, So my top 80s movie is The Shining. Nice. Um, I believe that's in my Letterboxd favorites as well. Oh, is it in your your top four? I think so. Yes, it is. Very nice. It's the only one that's not from, like, the 2010s. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't even know it's in my top four anymore. I think I, I, I ended up switching mine up a little bit just to kind of, you know, spice things up, keep it a little fresh. True. But that's a great one. The yeah. Shining is probably probably my most rewatched, like, kind of, quote, classic horror movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've seen it so many times now. And even though it doesn't scare me like it did the very first time I watched it, the first time I saw it, I was horrified and so 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 scared because it was i think i was a sophomore in college and it was at that point where i was kind of trying to branch out and watch more horror movies yeah and one of my roommates at the time shout out laura it's like her favorite movie so we had to watch it yeah actually i don't even think we ended up watching with her oops oh well anyway so i ended up seeing it and i was so 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 scared and now when i rewatch it it doesn't scare me the way it used to but even now I still get the chills and like it still creeps me out in a way that no other movie does like it's just so good the first time I watched The Shining I was um I I think I was just kind of staying up late at night one night and it was the night before I had work uh so I had work the next day I think it was like a Thursday so I didn't have any classes but I had to go to work but uh, luckily, I worked in an office where, like, 
honestly the supervisors didn't care like if you didn't have actual assigned work to do like you could do whatever you want like including Uh, like watch movies or whatever that's amazing i didn't finish the shining like the night before i i got too tired and had to go to sleep so i decided i was going to watch the rest uh the next day at work oh god so where i left off i guess spoilers but like i'll try to keep it as um nondescript as possible uh the maze scene yes okay yes uh so that's where i had left off Um, oh my gosh yeah so that's where i picked it up and it was getting very intense uh i guess just to preface it i worked um in it like as someone who kind of helped people install programs just like through the phone like kind of just it support so um i'm i'm watching this movie it's very intense and then i hear the phone ring and it's basically like its own like real life jump scare and like (laughs) i'm like so intense that i accidentally yelled like hello (laughs) like into the (laughs) phone and i was like oh wait a minute um (laughs) it this is allison how can i help you (laughs) i think you've told me this story before yeah because like as you were talking i was like oh i think i know where this is going (laughs) yeah i i probably told you like right after it happened like i was so embarrassed but like also i was very tense still so oh, i bet that's crazy that <laughs> you made it to the may scene and then stopped there because that's pretty close to the end of the movie actually yeah um i but... think it might have been like right before the may scene like i was uh-huh. i was like into it when i was watching at work for sure so for i sure. I, th- I think it might have been like a little bit before and i was just like very tense just watching at my desk and then like ring (laughs) it's like "Ah." can you imagine that that poor customer that called just like (laughs) just like what is going on what kind of it employee is this yeah screaming hello at me in the phone oh boy uh but i mean they they got their help still that that's true that's true (laughs) The I didn't get fired. Awesome. <laughs> That's what counts. That's that, what that matters. That really is you what know. counts. You were able to still <laughs> to deliver the, the services promised and help them with their installing needs. Definitely did that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, my second movie is definitely a classic. Uh, Back to the Future. I absolutely love Back to the Future. I actually have a good amount of friends that have never seen it, which shocked me. I always thought it was a movie that everyone has seen at least once in their life. Yeah. And I feel like, I guess, it, it could be, like, a little bit problematic now with the whole Marty mom and thing. his <laughs> mom thing. It's a little weird. Yeah. But it's just such a fun movie. Honestly, Man, now that I'm talking about it, I'm I'm almost debating if Back to the Future 2 is my favorite over the first one. I love both of them so, so much. And then there's the third one, which is, like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> the, oh, man, the third one. I, I did not like the third one, but, like... Yeah, the third one was, like, fine. Like, it yeah. had some fun moments, but I think I've only seen it once, whereas the first and second I've, I've rewatched it you know, multiple times. Yeah, true. I think um, when I had seen the third one... Um, I guess this kind of counts. Uh, Back to the Future is one of mine as well. Oh, really? So, yeah. Actually, we I'm not just, even surprised. Yeah, we can just talk about it now. 
I, I mean, I definitely had like a whole less back to the future phase. So like, it's not a surprise for me either. What's your dog's name again? My dog's name is Marty. Um, not <laughs> named after Marty McFly. He's actually named after my grandpa, but like. Wait, really? I always assumed it was. Yeah. In my Marty mind, McFly. it's like. Both. Also like. Yeah. It works out. It's it, the it works reason out. like I was like on board for naming my dog Marty. It was it was a family <laughs> decision. It's my mom's idea cuz she wanted to name Marty after her dad. Yeah, which is sweet. Yes, of course. And I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." I'm like, <laughs> "Marty McFly." Woo. Yeah, deep down you're like, "Yeah, yeah, that's great." Yeah. No ulterior motives. Maybe in 2025 I'll make sure he gets dressed as uh, Marty McFly for Halloween. We always give him very elaborate Halloween costumes. That is true. That is true. Did you have Marty in 2015? Uh, 2016 is the first year we... Ah, okay. That would have been so perfect because 2015, you know, that's like the back to the future year. Yeah. (laughs) And all that. I'm still really upset that the Chicago Cubs won the World Series in 2016, not 2015. (laughs) Because that just would have been... The coolest freaking thing ever. Like, oh, that would have been like a Simpsons moment, you know? Like, they just predict everything. Honestly, if I were in charge of Major League Baseball, I'd just rig the whole thing so the Cubs won in 2015. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's very illegal, and I'd probably get fired, like, <laughs> that year. Probably <laughs> more than just fired. Maybe oh, just yeah. a little bit more Maybe than a that. little bit arrested. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't remember who the Cubs were against and, like, who even ended up winning, but they totally should have just, like, chucked the game and done it for, for pop culture's sake. Yeah. Like, come on now. It's almost but. like athletes aren't even nerds, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what gives? It's like they're they're gym rats or something. Like, ew. Yeah, ew. <laughs> but back to the future, I mean, it's, it's just... It's back to the future. Like, yeah. how do you not include that in... In your favorite 80s it's movie. It's, like, the quintessential 80s movie, so. Exactly. Yeah. I totally agree. Like, what, when I think classic 80s, that's always the first thing that comes to my mind, you mm-hmm. know? Okay, well, since you're saying Back to the Future, I'll say Back to the Future 2 to spice it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds good. And then for my my last favorite, I, I was really torn between a few different ones, but I decided to just kind of go with my gut which was big with tom okay. hanks that was one of my favorite movies growing up i just always had such a blast watching it and i feel like when i was a kid i would bring it up a lot to my friends like if we were like wanted to watch a movie and and you know none of my friends had seen it so then i'd like throw in the dvd and pop it in or whatever also kind of a little problematic with <laughs> the relationship in that movie what is with the 80s <laughs> and like kind of uncomfortable relationship? I don't know, man. <laughs> I I just I just love that movie. There's the the classic piano scene in the toy store and I think I just enjoy movies like that, you know, like 13 going on 30 where people like grow up and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I think especially like as a kid, it's 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 really fun to see. Yeah. Cuz I feel like when you're young, all you want is to be old. And then when you're old, you want to be young, you know? Like you're yeah. never you're never satisfied <laughs> with your age. Yeah. So as a kid, when you see like, "Oh my gosh, this kid's dream comes true and they they become big." And then you know, it's like it's not all that it's cracked up to be. You're like, "Okay, it's kind of like a reality check. Like, all right, it's not so bad, you know, being a kid." 
Yeah. And I actually, I went to some kind of, like, ocean pier uh, a few a few summers ago, and they had the Zoltar machine, and I nearly cried. I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, it's Zoltar! And, you know, I... I had a blast with that, so I, I just I have a lot of fond sentimental memories with that movie, which is why I was like, okay, I'll go with Big. Yeah, that's a good one, definitely. And honestly, like, can you mention the '80s without even like mentioning Tom Hanks? Right. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm glad we had at least one Tom Hanks nod in here. He's so. my hero. He's he's the best. I yeah. love you, Tom. If you're ever listening, <laughs> if you're which ever listening. I know you won't. <laughs> in my dreams, you yeah. are. Congrats on the COVID recovery. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) my final uh, favorite 80s movie uh, is one that I saw relatively recently. Actually, kind of with Jacqueline. Uh, It is uh, Do the Right Thing. Nice. Yeah. We had actually seen this movie at a drive-in theater. I think one of the largest in like the, the East Coast, I believe. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think it's got quite a bit of of history to it. Yeah, so I think what happened was, I guess, over the summer, um, actually Michael B. Jordan and Amazon Pictures collaborated on a um, kind of drive-in film series, and one of the double features in that film series was Do the Right Thing and Get Out. And Which is so perfect for you, because you've mentioned Get Out as, as one of your favorite movies. Yeah, yeah, Get Out is definitely one of my favorites, um, and I hadn't seen Do the Right Thing at the, at the time, but it was definitely on my list, uh, so we decided to make the trip out to the drive-in theater and give it a watch, and I will say that, you know, watching a movie for the first time at a drive-in theater isn't the optimal experience, but it was still so cool like it was my first time going to a drive-in theater and um like at least getting to experience that was awesome and to talk about the movie for a bit (laughs) it's just so well directed I don't think it was Spike Lee's first but it was definitely like very early in his career his first was She's Gotta Have It correct yes I believe so okay but yeah I I agree I think it is pretty early on in his career especially this is what like 1980 I think we were saying off camera 1989 actually oh 89 my bad sorry The Shining is 1980 oh that's right that's right but yeah I mean for being like relatively new in your film career and to be able to achieve such a great piece of work that early on in your career like he uses so many cool camera techniques and like has this great story and I don't know it's just like all together like I don't think there's I can't think of any major flaw of the movie honestly yeah no I definitely at least off the top of my head I think it's a wonderful story like I mean in the in the way that it's like very well told not that you know especially with the ending it's not like a good story like a happy story (laughs) but like yeah it's very well told in kind of all aspects in like writing directing cinematography all that yeah it's it's super unique and i i really enjoy movies that are all kind of it takes place in one day or at least for the most part yeah i think that's always really cool and you know, kind of like what you were saying earlier, I mean, it's still regarded as one of the most important films of all time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you always see people mentioning it when you want to talk about movies that have to do with race and really 
sensitive topics but something that'll kind of be an eye-opening discussion yeah i think people are always like do the right thing like that's always at the top of the list and it holds up so well yeah i think it'll always just be regarded as like one of those timeless really important movies and also i i totally agree like watching it at a drive-in theater was a really fun experience it was also my first time at a drive-in movie theater and i definitely want to do that again because that's that was always on my bucket list and i'm so glad we got to do that like yeah yeah (laughs) sort of together (laughs) we were we were in separate cars but it was not my first time watching it and i definitely agree that watching a movie for the first time in a driving theater is probably not the most optimal experience but it it was also like kind of immersive because you know the whole movie it takes place on on the hottest day of the summer and they, the the drive-in movie theater had some really strict rules, so you were not yeah. allowed to keep your car on or anything, like, not even just, um... Yeah, and that also included air conditioning, so... Yeah, so it was hot! And it's, like, if you roll down your windows, then you get all these bugs flying and you get the mosquito bites, and yeah. so we're just, like, sweating in the car, and it's, like whoa like this is kind of immersive yeah 4d 4d (laughs) oh my god and then sometimes you get like random like headlights coming on when someone leaves the theater or whatever oh yeah but yeah i definitely recommend one seeing do the right thing at least once and two going to the drive-in theater if you have the means to do so absolutely i think it's it's the kind of movie that you kind of have to be in the mood for yeah like i watched it for the first time in my intro to film class as a freshman in college and then i actually had rewatched it um like a month prior to the drive-in screening mm-hmm. and that was my first time seeing it in years so it kind of hit differently just with all of the the current circumstances going on and also just like you know as, a, as an older person yeah and then Rewatching it again shortly after, but in like an entirely new kind of setting and experience was really nice. I know we still have to talk about another movie, but just to bring up another point, at least for me watching it for the first time, like in the middle of like, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and like a sort of racial revolution happening, like in the midst of the kind of time frame I was watching it, like, I don't know, it definitely, I think, hit a little harder. Yeah, in that it hits sense. much differently and yeah. in a really impactful and empowering kind of way. Yeah. So we definitely had some good conversations after the movie. Yeah. So definitely a really pivotal kind of movie to watch in 2020. There's a lot going on this year. We yeah. won't we won't get into all of that kind of <laughs> sh- crazy shenanigans, but I'm definitely very thankful for that experience. Yes. And to segue into our movie <laughs> of the week... <laughs> I always have to do some kind of cheesy segue. Of course. In honor of Thanksgiving, the movie of the week for the Cinema Club, which is uh, my movie Discord, which if you aren't already in, you should definitely join. We have a link in all of our descriptions and whatnot. And so we have all of our members vote for a movie of the week. And this week it was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which actually I was the one to nominate because it's, it's my favorite Thanksgiving movie. I absolutely love it. It's directed by John Hughes, who, as I mentioned earlier, you know, he's one of my favorites. And it's starring Steve Martin and John Candy came out in 1987, which is also kind of why we decided to talk about our favorite 80s movies. Yep. This is this was my first time watching this movie. And also, I mean, it is also one of 
to Thanksgiving movies I know of. It seems like Thanksgiving movies is not particularly a huge genre. Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> I'd say this is definitely the best. I mean, the only oh, other yeah. one I can think of off the top of my head is the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which 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 is a classic in its own way. Of course, yeah. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is definitely one that I, I try to watch every November. And I, I watched it actually with my family last Thanksgiving. And I think it was my mom's first time watching it. And she had an absolute blast with it, which I was so happy about. Yeah. For those who haven't seen the movie, basically it's about... Steve Martin and John Candy trying to get home in time for Thanksgiving in the midst of a huge, you know, snowstorm. So their their flights are getting canceled, their trains are aren't working out, you know, so they gotta resort to the cars and as the name implies, it's just all of these different transportation methods just trying to get home in time for Thanksgiving. But John Candy is kind of a really interesting character so steve martin's character gets really annoyed and fed up yeah but obviously a a beautiful friendship blossoms at the end and it's a typical 80s movie so you kind of know exactly what to expect yeah (laughs) but that doesn't make it any less enjoyable like it's so genuinely funny and i i say this every time but they don't make comedies like they used to just 80s comedies are some of my favorites you know we've got like airplane and naked gun and planes trains and automobiles yeah that kind of clever humor i just love i totally agree and this is something i kind of was thinking i guess while watching um and i I do want to kind of hear what you have to think about it too well i guess first of all it, it was really interesting for me to see Steve Martin kind of play, like, the straight man role in a comedy. I feel like yeah. he's usually a very, like, goofy guy, but I guess when you're opposite John Candy, like, you gotta, like, someone's gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I actually didn't even think about that before, but it, it was, it, it is a little kind of off-putting at first, but they play off of each other so well in their specific roles that it, it actually yeah. works out really well. Yeah. The other point that I wanted to bring up, the dynamic between the two reminded me a lot of, like, Squidward and Spongebob. I don't oh know if gosh. that's just because, like, I have grown up with Spongebob all my life and I wanted to bring this up because I know you have as well. Yes. But, yeah, that's, like, it really clicked for me, especially in the scene where... Uh, the rental car bursts into flames. Like, that's, like, really where I got this, like, <laughs> oh, my God, this is Squidward and SpongeBob. It reminded <laughs> me so much of the um, pizza delivery episode. Yes! Oh, my yes. gosh, that's <laughs> such a perfect comparison. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, SpongeBob finds the rock, and he's like, it's a rock. And, you know, John Candy is kind of, getting a lot luckier with the transportation methods that they yeah. end up having to do and using his resources and connections through his job. Yeah. Whereas Squidward slash Steve Martin is just very apathetic and like, yeah. okay, whatever. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Especially because SpongeBob annoys the hell out of Squidward. Yeah. Which is exactly how this movie plays out. And it's to the point where... Honestly, the movie can be a little stressful sometimes. That's maybe, like, my only problem is that I think it works out really well that it's a holiday movie, so you're really only expected to watch it, like, around this time every year. And, you know, 
it works out that way because it's so stressful. That <laughs> I don't think it's something I could revisit multiple times in one year. But for a holiday movie, definitely I can watch it for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Aside from it being stressful, it it has some really sweet and kind of tender classic 80s moments on top of being hilarious. And actually, according to IMDb, it's both Steve Martin and John Candy's favorite films of theirs, which I Aww. thought was really cool. Yeah. That Very is really sweet. cool. Yeah, I, I was surprised because, yeah. I mean, you know, they both have such a long list of works that to pick a favorite, I mean, that's got to be so hard. But yeah. there's actually a really interesting history to this movie. So I bet behind the scenes... It was such a fun movie to work on that I'm sure they have that kind of sentimental attachment to it. And maybe that contributes to that. I definitely get that. Uh, Do we want to go into a couple of these fun facts? Yeah, sure. So, (laughs) well, first of all, I want to shout out one of our Cinema Club members, Alan, who kind of talked about this in our channel for the movie to discuss spoilers and all of that and he kind of gave some insight which made me want to look more into it on imdb and there's some really really fun facts is there one you want to talk about first that spoke to you let's talk about the fact that there there's a rumored three hour version of this film yes as someone who doesn't like long movies (laughs) thank you john hughes Yeah, no, it, it's a solid 90-minute movie, which is the perfect runtime. Yeah. So You know if this came out, out in, like, 2019, like, it'd be three hours long. Oh, because for sure. Because directors have no chill anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so it was really interesting. Apparently, John Hughes shot over 600,000 feet of film, which is about twice the industry average, so... This three-hour version of the movie reportedly exists, but it's not really a thing because a lot of that film is probably locked up in some kind of vault in Paramount Studios and just deteriorated by now, and they didn't even edit, like, a full three-hour version, so it would be a mess, and, like, yeah, <laughs> even if that footage did exist, it would almost be impossible to piece together in a kind of chronological film, so... Yeah. I, I'm really curious about how that could have worked if they actually did save that footage and decided to tackle on editing it. But Paul Hirsch, who was the editor of the movie, they apparently edited it down to two hours originally, and then they cut that down again to the 90-minute version that we have today. I wonder what the rest of the three hours was. Like, was it just, like, different wacky situations that the characters found themselves in? Like... I'm not sure what else could be added to the story. I know. That's exactly what I was wondering, too, because, you know, they're they're saying that it wouldn't have made sense and all that footage isn't even really in chronological order, so it would just be a mess. But I, I don't really know how it could have played out. Our Discord member did mention some of these deleted scenes. So apparently um, the robber that steals their money in the motel was actually a pizza delivery guy and they only tipped him a dollar you know (laughs) so then he robs them and then at the very end of the movie when steve martin's wife says hello mr griffith to dell john candy's character apparently in the original longer cut uh the two-hour version the wife thought that steve martin's character was having an affair 
So then when she finally sees Dell, you know, it's like kind of a sigh of relief. She's like, okay, hello. Mm-hmm. And reportedly there was also going to be a Thanksgiving dinner scene, which they cut. Which, honestly, it would have been really nice to see a Thanksgiving dinner scene. But at the same time, I think the movie ends at the perfect spot. And it feels, you know, it, it, it's the classic 80s ending right down to the freeze frame on John Candy's yeah. face. <laughs> so I, I do think it ends perfectly, even though a Thanksgiving dinner scene would have been really nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they did a really good job of condensing it to what was important. Yeah, honestly, that that's like some good info to know because when steve martin's wife i'm sorry i don't know what her character name is when she says the hello mr griffith i was kind of thrown off just by the way that she said it like it almost sounded like she was like in love with him (laughs) almost like well just like the look on her face she was just like so taken aback and then she was like hello mr griffith yeah. But then, like, goes to give uh, Steve Martin's character, like, a big hug and, like, all that. So, I mean, it was just very weird to watch that and not have that context present, I guess. No, definitely. Having that, like, knowing the context makes it add up a lot more. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I felt the same way where, like... I didn't, I couldn't figure out why, but something about the line kind of threw me off. I was kind of just like, I, I would have expected more of like, oh, hi, like, nice to meet you, or whatever. But it's just, hello, Mr. Griffith. Like, Yeah, it, was, it almost looked like, kind of like a love at first sight kind of thing. It's like, ma'am, you are married, and your husband <laughs> is standing like five feet away from you. <laughs> Which is ironic, because... Like, the whole point of it is she thought he was having an affair. Yeah. And it's like, oh, never mind. It's just John Candy. Okay. Because <laughs> I guess, you know, if if he's constantly calling his wife, like, you know, hi, honey, sorry, I'm still not home yet. Like, this happened. I would probably think it was a little crazy, too, and be like, is my husband bluffing? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, a lot of crazy stuff happens in the movie. So... I don't know. It, it's interesting, but I feel like that whole subplot was wouldn't have been necessary. The wife thinking he's he's having an affair and all those scenes that would have to be dedicated to that subplot. I think it was a smart cut. Also, this does tie into another one of the fun facts, so this could be interesting. So I was thinking about, I guess, this particular idea of, like, Steve Martin's wife thinking oh, he's having an affair, that's why he's not here yet. But I was, like, kind of thinking while I was watching this, I was like, if they ever did a remake of this, like, this problem would be solved. Like, he could just FaceTime his wife and be like, hey, this is this dude, and, like, we're stuck here, Mm. and this is the situation. like, you can see, like, you have that visual evidence that nothing, you know, sauce is happening or whatever, you know? Nothing sauce. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a really good point. Which kind of ties into something, like a bit of news related to this movie, which is that a remake of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is currently in development starring Will Smith and Kevin Hart. So this actually came out um, a few months ago, uh, I think is when they kind of decided to go public with 
this remake. Yeah. And, you know, Kevin Hart has been very outspoken saying he thinks it's a great idea. And apparently him and Will Smith have been wanting to work together for a really long time. And they just couldn't figure out the right kind of project or, or script or anything. And then they decided to go with this remake. Personally, I am not so thrilled about this. Uh, Just in general, we could probably go on a huge tangent about remake culture and just all of these modern remakes that are happening. But just in general, I guess to, to quickly summarize my feelings, um, I'm not a big fan of modern remakes. I don't think it's necessary. And for the most part, I don't think the remakes are, are usually good. And I have no problems with Will Smith or Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. I just, I always kind of feel like when a classic is being remade, it's it's almost like disrespectful. I'm just like, there's nothing wrong with the original. Like, why why fix something that's not broken? Yeah. And kind what? of like what you were saying, you know, like, they, they'd have all these modern twists to it. Like, oh, they can FaceTime or or whatever. They could freaking Uber home, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. So I guess, you know, there are some fun modern additions they could play with. But I just don't really think it's necessary. Yeah. Unless they, like, remake it in the 80s, like, to take place in the 80s, like, technology solves most of these problems. Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, I yeah. don't understand. Yeah. Also, what's with Kevin Hart and, like, starring in unnecessary remakes? <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I was thinking the same exact thing. And honestly, it gets to the point where all of his movies just blend together and he plays the same exact role in every single movie. And it's funny, like the first, maybe the first two times. That might even be a stretch. Yeah. And then after that, it's kind of like, I know you're capable of more, dude. You're a funny guy. Like, you don't have to be constantly typecast as this short, annoying guy. Which you know they're going to make all these jokes about his height in this remake. And yeah. You know, he's definitely going to be the John Candy oh, character, yeah. and oh, Will Smith's yeah. going to be the Steve Martin character, and I don't know, man. I just, I'm curious what they'll call it, if it'll be straight up, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles, or a new title. I don't know. But yeah, just kind of hearing about this news, or I guess reminding myself of this news, because I, I vaguely remember hearing about this when, I guess, the news had come out about it. Yeah. But it just made me think, like, immediately of the uh, movie that Kevin Hart did with Brian Cranston, The Upside. Do you remember oh, that one? Oh, my gosh. I totally repressed that. Yes. Yeah. That's a great example. Yes. So The Upside, it, it's a movie where, like, this guy helps a wealthy guy who um, is a quadriplegic uh, and uses a wheelchair um, and... Kevin Hart's character um, is a guy who, I guess, has a criminal record and he's, like, hired as his caretaker and it's just like, whoa, these guys are nothing alike, but they got to work together. (laughs) Um, It's actually based off of a French movie that was released only, like, six years earlier called The Untouchables. Not The Untouchables, The Intouchables. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta distinguish. Yeah. And that seems kind of unnecessary to me. Like, I mean, I guess it was kind of before foreign language movies were, I guess, more widely accepted, like Parasite and stuff like that. Very true. So I guess I kind of understand it. But also at the same time, like, what's wrong with just, like, 
I don't know. The the Intouchables has a 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb, while The Upside has a 6.9. Okay, which, nice. like, your remake can't be, like... Like, what's the point in, like, remaking something in a different language if you're just going to make it worse than the original? <laughs> right. People have subtitles. Like, they don't have to watch your version. No, it's... it's Like, you got to improve upon it somehow. Exactly. Like, they're basically just literally making an American version. Yeah. And making an American isn't always an improvement, you know? Like- <laughs> <laughs> Not by any means <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah, it was... I remember when that movie came out and I was... I think at first I didn't realize directly that it was a remake of the French movie. And then I went online. I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder it seems so familiar. Yeah. And honestly, even even though foreign language movies weren't as kind of popular until more recently, I remember seeing the poster for The Intangibles like all the time. Like it was definitely a well-known movie. Yeah. So, and like you said, it's it's not even that old. So it's just like, why though? Yeah, very unnecessary. And, like, I don't know, in this instance with planes, trains, and automobiles, it's such a classic. Like, I don't understand why anyone would want to even try to redo a classic like that. Yeah, it's it's just, it rubs me the wrong way. I guess in this kind of instance um i guess just making a classic story and like kind of adding black representation Mm -hmm. but like i don't know at the same time i think it's also important to kind of have original stories with that kind of representation as well yeah i don't know not everything needs to be a remake and that's kind of an issue with you know hollywood in general definitely i guess like talking through it a bit i kind of understand the rationale behind it but that doesn't mean that i like it (laughs) yeah exactly i think that that's very well said like you know i think it's hard to know for sure what direction they're going with it because it's it's very early on in development like only i think august is when kind of this news broke out one of the writers behind brooklyn 99 is set to write the screenplay aisha carr so so that's okay. pretty cool. It'll be her first movie production. I'm not sure if she's just writing the screenplay or who's kind of set to direct or if none of that is, is settled yet. But, you know, maybe there's some potential behind it. But in general, yeah. just, you know, the first gut reaction when I heard about this, I was like, I'm not a fan. I guess we'll have to see. I hope it's good. That'd be great if it's good. But like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I wonder what, you know, what Steve Morin thinks about this. Because, you know, unfortunately, John Hughes and John Candy both have passed away. Mm-hmm. So since Steve Martin is still alive, I, I'm, I'm curious what his thoughts on it. Or maybe he'll make a cameo or something. That'd be pretty cool. I'd love to see him make a cameo somehow. Yeah, I, I do think that would actually be kind of nice if they maybe can pay homage to the original, but then do a modern twist on it so that it it feels a little bit different Mm -hmm. that would be kind of nice so that that's kind of the best i can hope for but i'm not anticipating it being a movie that would replace the original and become my new favorite like thanksgiving movie that i watch every year yeah you know i i definitely get that so yeah we have uh one more fun fact to uh kind of talk about here yeah this one this one I thought was really cool. I, I love these kinds of stories. Yeah. So apparently John Hughes, 
uh, was known for kind of staging a lot of improv moments in, in movies so that he can get a, a genuine real reaction. So in the scene where they're leaving the motel and I guess Dell has some kind of friend that he worked with who can drive them to a train station or something. Um, mm-hmm. And he's this kind of crusty, creepy, misogynistic white dude who drives this truck and uh, is a little disturbing. Um, yeah. He comes in and picks them up. And John Hughes was not satisfied with the scene where they're, where they're introducing and meeting. So he instructed the actor to spit in his right hand before shaking hands with Steve <gasps> Martin. And obviously Steve Martin was not expecting this. And it was a real, like, spit take. He, he spit in his hand and then shook his hand. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So since Steve Martin was not told this was going to happen, his disgusted reaction is genuinely real. And <laughs> apparently the film crew was just erupted in laughter and then Steve Martin like ran off to, to wash his hands immediately after the, <laughs> the, the, the shot. And then that was the, the reaction he wanted. Of, of course I would do the same, but like, is Steve Martin one of those celebrities who's like a known germaphobe or anything? I don't know. I know there are, like, a couple, like Howie Mandel and, like, a couple of others. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. I can, I can actually kind of see that. I don't know. He definitely has, like, the germaphobe vibe to him. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I don't know what it is or why, but I, 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 I see it, too. And I'm also a huge germaphobe, so just reading this, <laughs> I, like, I sympathize with Steve Martin, but also... That's hilarious, and I need to go back and rewatch that scene now, knowing that. So that's a really cool kind of fun fact. Oh wait, oh my god, that's that's why he played a germaphobe on Thirty Rock. That's why I think <laughs> that. Oh, that's hilarious. I don't even watch Thirty Rock, but I felt the same way. Yeah. Like, he just kind of had that vibe to him. I don't yeah. know why. Apparently, Tina Fey thought so too. <laughs> you know tina fey is very wise so i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna trust her gut on that one <laughs> but speaking of steve martin another scene i want to talk about really quickly is the scene where after he goes to rent the car and the car is like missing from the spot so then he has to walk back to the airport and he just totally oh yeah. like <laughs> savagely yells at the poor employee who is a ferris bueller alum oh yeah yeah, that's another thing so many ferris bueller alum in this movie which (laughs) i i had such a blast with because i love that movie um i remember the first time i ever saw this i was like oh my gosh it's that person oh my gosh it's whoa it's another one i was just like (laughs) especially the first time i saw it i didn't know that it was john hughes so then i saw that in like the title sequence and i was like oh my gosh it's john hughes and then like, all, all of it kind of adds up at the end. Anyway. Yeah. So that scene where he is nonstop saying the F word is apparently, it's like 60 seconds flat, exactly one minute. And obviously, that's the only reason this movie is rated R. Otherwise, it yeah. could have easily been rated PG or PG-13. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but the first time I saw that this movie and that scene, I was totally shocked. Like, not expecting it at all because, you know, like like I just said, up until that moment, the, the movie totally could pass for PG or PG-13. And the fact that they were willing to literally devote just 60 seconds of the movie for the R rating is so awesome to me. <laughs> yeah, like, that's definitely that's interesting. I feel like that's something that would 
would be a lot harder in modern Hollywood because, I mean, even just, for example, getting Deadpool to become rated R was such a huge ordeal because Hollywood wants to be able to sell as many tickets as they can, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you add that R rating, it's a lot harder. And even with, like, with horror movies, I know a lot of studios will will push for the PG-13 because, you know, tons of high schoolers and teenagers want to go see a scary movie with their friends. But if it's rated R, they can't. So, yeah, that's what they did with uh, Scott Pilgrim also, like um, Julie's scene, like when she was working at the cafe <laughs> and like all of her curse words are like uh, censored. Yeah. Like, with the bar and everything um, that had to be done to prevent Scott Pilgrim from having an R rating. Yeah, that's like, a great example. It's a fun creative decision, but also like made the movie PG-13. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, I kind of prefer it that way. Like, I, yeah. I think it's hilarious. Oh, yeah, that was, like, is. a huge inside joke with my friends. <laughs> like, we would just, like, cover our mouths instead of, like, How the actually... How are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me, again, of that SpongeBob episode, the yeah. Sailor the... Mouth episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, honestly, I think when I first watched that episode, like, as a kid, I didn't understand it. Yeah. I don't think I really knew the concept of curse words, curse words. <laughs> so i i like just it, it flew over my head because i was an idiot like i just didn't understand what was so shocking because you know everyone else is yeah. like oh my gosh like how dare they say these things and i'm just like yeah. i don't get it also fun fact um in like the voice acting um the voice actors of spongebob and patrick actually cursed in those and then it edit they edited it um to have that dolphin noise over every time they cursed. Are you serious? I yeah. did not know that. That's so <laughs> That's so awesome. I love that. <laughs> I would Oh man, I know there's there's no way that they would like publicly release the, that that oh, footage no. out there. But that, can you imagine? That that's a special little thing that the the voice actors have for themselves, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And anyone who worked on that episode I'm going to, like, after we finish recording, I'm going to, like, go back and watch that episode and just, like, (laughs) imagine and fill in the gaps with what the voice actors were actually saying. Yeah. That's a really great fun fact. We're just full of fun facts today, aren't we? Yeah. uh... But they're fun for a reason. Yeah. Like, TikTok's (laughs) doing No Nuance November. We're doing Fun Fact Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you had to check your your phone, like, what's today's date? Yeah. Would have been perfect if we recorded on a Friday, but, like, you know what? Oh, well. (laughs) It's okay. Life happens, you know. (laughs) It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But overall, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is such a fun, fun movie. If you haven't already seen it, even though we, we kind of... I don't know, kind of went into, like, spoilers with it since it's not really a movie. Um, You can be like, spoiler warning, too. Yeah. Since, you know, it is just one of those classic 80s movies. Um, It's 100% worth checking out, even for our non-American listeners who maybe don't have that connection to Thanksgiving. It's just a fun movie to check out. So, yeah, that's that's our movie of the week for Turkey yeah. Week. And we're going to go ahead and close out with our pop culture pick of the week yeah oh man this is kind of difficult yeah same here <laughs> I've, I've been so busy recently that I've, I've kind of not really been jumping into anything new um except 
I guess this will be my my pick. Okay. I have recently been getting back into Animal Crossing because oh, I was I was yeah. straight up addicted when the game first came out, mm-hmm. and Animal Crossing is one of my all time favorite 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 game series. So it was a game I was heavily anticipating for years and years. I just I wanted a new one, and I knew the Switch would be the perfect console for it. So you know I played hundreds and hundreds of hours when it first came out, and then uh, towards the end of July, I just had like a really busy or tiring weekend or I don't know I just wasn't really in the mood to play so then I ended up not playing for like a day or two and then soon two days turned into a week and then suddenly I felt super guilty and I was like oh my gosh like I don't want to go back to my my island and like all the villagers are going to be so upset with me but well so then I just I literally just didn't play the game for like two three more months because I I just felt so guilty (laughs) yeah I totally feel that I did the exact same thing and Honestly, I still have yet to go back to it, but you know what? It's fine. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people kind of got that, that AC burnout. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was um kind of just the overwhelming, like, creative freedom you have when you, like, build out your island. Like, honestly, yeah. like, there's so much you can do, and that's great. I, I love to have, like, kind of a open world to that i can actually you know help build out and like make my own oh my gosh yeah but Mm -hmm. that's so much pressure and especially (laughs) with so many people's islands looking like absolutely perfect after like a week of like the game being released there's so much pressure yeah you know i think that's that's actually you bring up a really interesting point with that is i feel like now that social media is more prevalent than ever with maybe any of the other prior Animal Crossing releases, like yeah. maybe maybe New Leaf because that came out in 2013 and, you know, Twitter and like all that was a thing, but not to the extent that it is today. So now it's more easy than ever to to show off your island. And, you know, that's awesome. And it's, it's kind of great that you have a platform now that you can do that. But yeah. the downside is everyone sees all these amazing creations and you're just like, oh, my God, my island's crap yeah definitely like before new horizons the last animal crossing game i had played was wild world which oh that was 2005 like this is excluding pocket camp because like who counts pocket (laughs) camp but like anyway oh wow i forgot about pocket (laughs) camp yeah 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 like i didn't play any like i guess new horizons was my first animal crossing game in the social media era Um, right so it was like on the upside my first kind of experience having an animal crossing community and that's Aww. pretty cool and like yeah. being able to be like hey i'm looking for this item and someone will be like yeah i have it come by my island or whatever that's mm-hmm. pretty cool but like when you go to that island and it looks like beautiful and it's like how'd you get your island to look like this the game's been out for three days <laughs> <laughs> yeah no people not only had so much time in quarantine to work on yeah. their islands they also had kind of the creativity that i lack in architecture and like interior like design yeah. <laughs> yeah i i'm really really bad at that stuff so i just didn't know how to make my island look good yeah. and to this day i still have not hit five stars and i've tried so hard 
Yeah, I, I just kind of gave up with mine. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I don't blame you at all. I, yeah. But they actually, there have been some new updates and kind of like quality of life improvements. So another big reason I ended up taking a break was because I had so many items that I didn't have any more storage space. And so I ended up just dropping a bunch of my items on the floor and it, it felt so cluttered and it stressed me out because it in real life too, like my rooms are all really cluttered and messy because I'm a hoarder. So <laughs> I was like, I, I need Animal Crossing to escape my reality, not to become my new reality. So yeah. I was like, I just, I can't. And so in the new update, you can uh, expand your, your storage. So oh, that was good. another big motivator to get me back into the game. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I kind of have like a, quote, retro pop culture pick of the week because it's an older <laughs> game. You know, it came out in March, but yeah. uh, I've been getting back into it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Actually, especially retro, um, I guess I also am choosing a video game for my pop culture pick of the week, uh, which is Ooh. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh. Uh, yeah, so I just started playing it. It's my first Assassin's Creed game. Really? So, yeah, I'm, I'm very new to this entire series, oh but gosh. I'm loving it so far. It's so That's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I, I had no idea. You'd never played. That's so exciting. Yeah. When I was younger, I remember when, when I was a kid, I had a lot of guy friends because I was, you know, big into like, I was a big tomboy, so um, I didn't really get along with a lot of the girls because they were really really girly so mm. hashtag not like other girls <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh i hate it. It, it like seriously though growing up i only had like uh two to three girlfriends and everyone mm-hmm. else were guys and i don't know I, I would get made fun of it for it but Aww. i was like whatever so i remember everyone was talking about assassin's creed and i had never heard of it and it was rated M, and we're, like, in freaking fifth grade or something, but somehow their parents are okay with them getting rated M game. Yeah. So I really wanted to play it, and I I don't think I was able to get the first one. I only would be able to play it with my friends, and then I managed to get Assassin's Creed 2. And I was like, okay, like, let's see what the hype's about. And, oh, my gosh, I just had such a blast with it. I would spend so much time on YouTube, like, watching videos of, of Assassin's Creed gameplay and, like, the trailers, because the trailers were really cool and cinematic. And I just mm-hmm. thought Altair and Ezio were, like, the coolest, <laughs> sexiest video game characters. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what's under the hood, baby? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a lot of fond memories with Assassin's yeah. Creed, but I, I haven't played one since, I think, Black Flag. So it, it's been a minute since I've played have um assassin's creed games like always let you kind of choose the gender of your character or is that a relatively new thing yeah that is a relatively new thing i like i said like i haven't really been keeping up with the new one so i don't know when they introduced that but that is that is new which is really cool yeah i i definitely appreciate that aspect of it like when when it came up like with the when it gave me a choice i'm like i have a choice i don't have to be a man (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I've been hearing really good things about that, the, the new game. Like, I heard that, I think kind of the consensus is that Assassin's Creed, like, was really good at first, and then somewhere around, like, the fourth game, you know, they kind of started to tater off and weren't as good. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, they're really, really good again. So that's really awesome to hear. Yeah, I actually just looked it up. Uh, it's been a thing since Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Odyssey, in 2018 
Okay, 2018. Wow, yeah. yeah. So it's they they let you new. choose between uh, a man and a woman who are siblings, like as your playable Ooh. character. But in Valhalla, Very interesting. Um, it's interesting. Like um, you uh, actually, I won't. Uh, should I say? Uh, is that a spoiler? Uh, I don't know. Well, I guess if you know kind of the lore of Assassin's Creed, where it's like kind of basically all like a computer program or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's basically like, oh no, there's like a malfunction in the program, and then you like switch between the two genders, and it's like, uh, like some weird like glitch thing happens, and it's like the program's splitting. Uh, you have to kind of carry forth and choose one, but I guess for people who. I guess fall in the middle of the gender spectrum they have something that lets the game choose for you if you don't want to make that choice wow which is pretty cool yeah i I don't think i've ever heard of a game kind of giving that option yeah so that's neat assassin's creed is woke now (laughs) (laughs) so so what's the setting for valhalla uh it's I don't know the time period, but it's, like, Vikings and stuff. Ooh, Vikings. Okay. I think uh, it takes place, at least as far as I know, it, like, in Norway and England, I believe. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I Honestly, this conversation is making me want to revisit Assassin's Creed now. Yeah. It, it's a pretty fun game. I would definitely recommend it, especially if you already like Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time, but I feel like I would enjoy this one just from kind of how you're describing it. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not sure how it compares to the other games in the series, but I like it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the Assassin's Creed games, like, they feel very different from their other ones, um, which could be both good and bad, you know? Yeah. So I think sometimes having something that's fresh can be good. Yeah. And that's what this game kind of sounds like, so... Uh, there, there's been so many new games that, like, I, I really want to play, like, Ghost of Tsushima I really want to play, mm-hmm. and I, I still haven't gotten Miles Morales because I still haven't beaten the other Spider-Man games, so I need to work on that, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I just have so many games that I'm behind on right now. <laughs> I'm wow. a bad gamer. Fake gamer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... That is our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you don't already, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter. At Highlight Real Show on Instagram. At underscore Highlight Show on Twitter. Right. And also join the Shinema Club Discord and join in our yes. conversations. Nominate a movie. Maybe we'll talk about it on here. It'll be a super fun time. So... Thanks again so much for watching. I'm Jacqueline. I'm Allison. And And cut. cut!